The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the eighth chapter. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist. And others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Martin Luther described the Christian life as living in Christ and living in the neighbor. He believed so strongly that if this wasn't the case in a person's life, then that person was not Christian. You live in Christ through faith and in the neighbor through love. What this means is, is that if you make your life about you, you will lose your Christian life. Now, Luther echoes Jesus today when Jesus says, whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. Usually when you save something, you keep it. And if you lose something, well, you do not keep it. But Jesus is working differently today. He has his mind set on the things of God and not on the things of man. Jesus wants humanity to live the life that God created. Anything else besides this isn't who you are, and this isn't what your life is meant for. Now, the first step in returning to the life God created is repentance. We just simply must confess that we have the things of man on our mind. And frankly, we have no idea how to set our minds on the things of God. 
The second step is then simply to get behind Jesus and follow him because he is the one who will set our minds right. Jesus has his mind on the things of God when he has you in mind. He knows somewhere deeper than our sin is the person God created. And Jesus is the only one who can dig down deep through the sin and death in order to bring that person out. To set our minds on the things of God, we must die to the life we tried to create without God. Long ago, all of us set our minds on the things of man by believing Satan in the Garden of Eden. That life leads to death. But God has set his mind on eternal life, an abundant life for us. And that is the life we are meant to live. Next, Jesus asks, what can you give in exchange for your life? And the answer is nothing. There is no thing to give in exchange for your life. Because the only equal exchange for your life is your life. The only thing worth your soul is your soul. And here is where we must work according to the things of God, because if we don't, we'll never make it out alive. In Mark 10, there is a rich man who comes up to Jesus and asks how he can inherit eternal life. And while eternal life is what this man's life is for, he thinks he can exchange something for it. Jesus answers him, though. He, he says he must sell everything and give to the poor and then follow him. See, the rich man's only way to eternal life is by losing his old life and begin to live behind Jesus. It must be a total gift of self. Then in Mark chapter 12, we see what that life behind Jesus looks like. A scribe asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? The one commandment that must be right in order for everything else in life to be right. Jesus responds by saying, love God and love your neighbor. Life behind Jesus is meant for love. And love is never self-referential. It's always towards someone, towards God, towards your neighbor which means that love is a total gift of self. In both of these stories, the only way that the rich young man or the scribe or any of us will discover who you are and what your life is for is through the sincere gift of yourself. As Jesus says in verse 35, for Christ's sake, and for the gospel's sake. To say it another way, you will know who you are when you live in faith towards God and in love towards your neighbor. You will never save yourself by focusing on yourself. Instead, 
you will become so turned in on yourself that life will literally go right by. See, today Jesus reveals the deception of a life focused on self. If you seek only to preserve yourself, your interests, your comforts, your preferences, you will lose everything. But when Jesus loves through you, you find yourself and save your life. You will fulfill the very meaning of your existence when you become a gift. Now, without Christ, you will never become a gift. It is only through Christ that you can live this way. As St. Paul writes, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. Jesus is the only one who has set his mind on the things of God by giving himself totally on the cross for you. Jesus is the one who loses his life on the cross only to gain it back in the resurrection. We see Jesus as the Son of God when he's hanging on the cross and we confess that he is seated at the right hand of God. That is the divine life. And we receive that divine life in holy baptism. Through holy baptism, Jesus takes all of our sins and then gives us himself in return. And joined to him through the forgiveness of sins and by the Holy Spirit, our life now is secure. We live toward God in faith and toward our neighbor in love. Our divine life in Christ is by faith caught up beyond ourselves in God. And our divine life then is by love descending beneath ourselves into the life of our neighbor. In both places, whether in faith in God or in love in our neighbor, Christ always remains with us. And so we always remain in God and in his love. So this Lent, let us use our holy baptism by losing our old life and save our new life. Let us use our baptism by living the resurrected life of God's love. Since Christ has saved us, God does not need our good works, but our neighbor does. And that is why Lent is the time to practice love. Prayer and fasting prepare our hearts and bodies for love. And almsgiving and good works then exercise that love. It will be difficult. While this is difficult, because sin is still working against us, let us set our minds on the things of God and trust in Jesus' love for us. And during Lent, embrace the life we are meant to live. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.